0: Miami is the next Manhattan and Orlando is the next Las Vegas.
1: Oh, that's, really, that's an interesting take. That's I like that. That's really
0: what It is. It is.
1: Welcome to Profession Session. I'm your host, Brody Vinson. This is a show where I interview young business owners, entrepreneurs, and professionals in all kinds of different industries and talk about how they got into their industry, what they do, and the success that they've had in it. Today, I have Maria Elena Perez of MEP Real Estate Investments joining me to talk a little bit about how she got into real estate, the story behind it, and what she does now. Thank you so much for joining me.
0: Thank you, thank you for having
1: me. Absolutely, it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. So I wanted to have you on because you've been in the real estate market specifically here in Orlando for I think most of, if not your whole career. And so I think you have a really good handle on the Orlando market, and I wanted to get into that a little bit. But let's go ahead and start with just your story of how you first maybe, I know you did not start out in the US, so kind of your story of how you first came over and then how you got into real estate from there.
0: Yes, sure. Well, I was born in Columbia, and my mom immigrated from Columbia when I was eight, so I was raised in Miami. I lived there for the majority of my life, and 16 years ago, I started my real estate career. I was in banking for most of my adult career life, and 9-11 hit. I got laid off, and I ended up just managing some high-end boutiques down in South Florida, And being there, one of our clients told me 16 years ago, if you get your real estate licenses, I'll bring you to Orlando to work for a billion dollar project. Wow. So I I went for it. She said it was April. And she said, if you get your license by May of that year, which was like a month away, I will bring you to Orlando. And that's exactly what happened. It was actually perfect timing because a year later, the market crashed started starting yeah. to crash. <laughs> so it's funny how life goes. So I came to Orlando with the intention of becoming rich and famous. And the opposite of that happened.
1: Just as soon as you got into it, it happened to be like the, the worst, it most difficult part, right. time. Right.
0: The worst, most difficult time. But I wouldn't change it for the world because that's it was like a crash course on on survival, on life, on real estate. Yeah. The market had crashed. you know. What happened was what no one thought that was going to happen that a piece of real estate was going to lose value significantly.
1: And so did you feel like the real estate market was a lot stronger kind of in the years leading up to that? Like as you were getting into it, did it feel like it was poised to do really well?
0: It was the peak, mm-hmm. right? And everyone was just desperate buying um, because they thought it was only going to get more expensive. But what you learn is that real estate. S- is of cycles right and we were we were at the the top of the cycle it wasn't sustainable
1: i think we could probably get into this a little bit more once we finish telling your story but it kind of reminds me of what we're seeing now a little bit hopefully we're not due for anything like that but we'll get into that and kind of your take on that as we kind of catch up here but that must have been stressful. I mean, it, stressful. you said you wouldn't train it for anything, but it, you know, now looking back, but I'm sure at the time that had to be pretty stressful. I mean, you go from like one kind of disastrous situation that took you out of the industry you were in and used to and right. to another yes. industry. So it's a, a whole new thing already. And then very soon into it, another kind of world shaking event.
0: Right. Just when, when you think you're on top of the world, then you get the the biggest setback. That's well, what it was.
1: What are some things that you think you've learned from going through those hard situations?
0: I think that being resilient is extremely important. I think it's sticking to what you like. It, it also helps because I, I have not given up on, on my career. I, I always knew I wanted to be in real estate, and here I am 16 years later. I survived mm-hmm. that crash, and now look where we're at. The market yeah. is at its peak.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Peaking again, yeah. it's kind of, you've gone through like one full cycle, I guess.
0: I also learned that fear is never good. Like so many people back then lost their homes and it was mostly out of fear mm-hmm. um, because there's always a way. There's always a way to um, to save something. You know, back then people were so afraid that they're going to go into foreclosure and they just abandoned their homes immediately without knowing, understanding what the process was.
1: Gotcha. Without knowing like what the other options right. were, exploring some of them. Right. Wow. Yes. So just being resilient, you know, looking at all the options, not giving up on what and it is you want to do.
0: Discipline and adjusting. You you have to have the, the ability to adjust to change and coping with it, coping with it and accepting it and knowing that what comes down is going to go up again and somehow you're, it will change again.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's got to be having gone through basically one of those full cycles. It's got to be very, very helpful to that mentality, I guess, having seen the whole cycle and being able to look back on it and know that you know even if there is a crash now or sometime in the soon future, you know that eventually it's going to come back and it's just going up and down on the long term scale. I think that's a good focus to have.
0: Right. Yes. So yeah, and just be dedicated to to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And in my case, you know, I've always, I'm a I'm a God believer. So, you know, I I blame him for for th- <laughs> for everything and, and blame him and, and thank and, and him. He, he always has my back for sure. So, you know, that that helped to to through the process for sure. But it was a great learning experience for me. I learned about the market. I learned about the cycles of real estate. I've learned how uh, at that time America was for sale, but, but all the foreigners were buying. That's actually that's actually how I survived. So perception, you know, people from other countries will come here and, and all of a the sudden they were able to buy a 16,000 square foot home built in the early 2000s for $50,000. Wow. For them, that was like, wow. Yeah. Meanwhile. It's
1: the time to strike.
0: Meanwhile, in our environment, everyone was in fear. America was in sale and the consumers did, did not have the, the faith and, mm-hmm. and. That's why I think a lot of the foreigners uh, benefit from, fr- from it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there's a good lesson in there in general about just, you know, seeing something like that as an opportunity to, if, y- if you see the silver lining in it, it means there's an opportunity to have some real estate that will appreciate in the future, If right. you see the future of it and believe that it's not just going to always be like that. So I think that's a really great lesson to have so um any other kind of coping mechanisms that come to mind you mentioned like you've got to figure out how to cope with that when it's a difficult time what are some other ones that kind of held true for you and got you through it do you think
0: i think staying active even if there's no business but staying active stay connected to people i think we we need people you know mm-hmm. in our lives and um stay connected and stay active take action because things will come maybe not in the the way you're taking action but they will come ev- eventually. It's all so kind of building up. It, it really is, you know, and, and, and nothing happens if you stay within four walls. You know, you, you need to take action and you need to um, just know that this too shall pass and, and it will.
1: So get out there, just boots on the take ground. Action, and Take action, take
0: action. And, um, you know, I many times got stuck on the little things like coming up with a business card, right? but it's okay if it took me three months to design my business card, at least I did it. It's a great
1: looking business card. Thank you.
0: Uh, A lot of of times you you just give up because you're like, I can't get this right. But no, it's okay. It's okay if it took me three months, it's okay. Just stay focused on the final product. Yes, for sure.
1: I love that. So at this point, the market is crashing, but you've decided you're gonna stick with real estate, kind of ride it out. What did that look like over the next maybe five years as you were going through the market crash and kind of coming out of it?
0: So I'll back up a little bit. So the market crash, I had no money. (laughs) I had no money for gas. And um, I was getting ready to move back to Miami because the reason why I came here was gone. Mm -hmm. And then life took over in other ways. But I still needed a job. So I started working for home builders that were trying to sell, like national builders. And they sent me to projects that were really far away from Orlando. It was like a ghost town, like no one would go there. And oh, I really? hated it. And being in in, in, in that cell center, I started thinking of all the brokers that came to me when I was working at this billion dollar project. And there was this one lady who she's my mentor and we're still friends today. I that that she was very good at what she did. And I reached out to her because I wanted to learn. I wanted to see what she was doing. And... She was also struggling, but she never stopped making money. Maybe she went from making millions of dollars to making $100,000 a year, but she never stopped.
1: Yeah. So you kind of looked around you and saw a lot of people are really struggling and not being able to make it in these conditions. But she is and somehow. And I just
0: thought of my relationships. There's a saying in Spanish that says, he who goes under a, a a big tree gets good shade. And, you know, I reached out to her. I started working for her for Free. She was selling properties to uh, foreign nationals, like they were hot potatoes. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of work because it was it was quantity, but right. the price points were so low that the commission was... was
1: it's not a lot of commission per sale.
0: But it was a lot of work. So I reached out to her and we started selling single family homes to foreigners and I guess the work got around of, of what I was doing because, you know, I was helping acquire these homes They were being stabilized, you know, they were being um, either repaired or remodeled and rented. And I got recruited by um, an investment fund out of Wall Street. Oh, wow. In 2010. Okay. So um, I actually interviewed with the CFO of the company with the intention that I was going to outsource properties to them, just like this broker that I learned from was doing with the mom and pop investors, right? Okay. And, um, he said, yes, we want to open the, um, central Florida market and we are looking for someone to outsource properties, but we can outsource this. It has to be someone under our payroll.
1: Okay. And so they I'm needed to bring you on as an actual employee. A
0: position manager, right? Okay. And at that time, I had just gotten my broker's license, and I was like, "No, I'm, I'm." I'm, I'm
1: you didn't want I'm, I'm not looking
0: for a job. Yeah. Long story short, I took the job, and it was actually, uh, it was great. Um, it was a startup. We had over twenty-five thousand homes nationwide. Wow. And. That's how my so I always say I say no to business, I sell all types of real estate, right? But my niche has always been the investment side. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's how between the broker that that I partnered with, between accepting this job, which by the way, it was good that I accept it was uh, it was good and bad. It was good because I then when that when I accepted that job, I went through a personal um hardship with my partner at the time. So it was good that I had a job because it gave me that stability. Mm-hmm. But then it was not good because it sent me back to start my business. Yeah. But it's OK. It it happened eventually. Um, five years ago, this company that I work for got acquired.
1: OK. The one that you started with in 2010. Yes. OK
0: and I decided to finally go for it and open MEP Realty Investments. So that's how that came about.
1: So you've had it for about five years Five now. years.
0: So I've been in the business for 16 and I took a leap of faith on my own, on my own, and I, I did it and I'm doing it. I, I now have 12 agents, um, wow. which was not my intention to recruit agents. So here's another lesson. Mm-hmm. Like you start things with an intention. Mm -hmm. But then it changes.
1: Life happens. And it's
0: okay. Mm -hmm. It's it's okay. I never wanted to grow a team.
1: You wanted it to be kind of a solo agency for... For the most part?
0: All I wanted to do was to outsource um, real estate to the institutional investors and, okay. and to mom and pop investors. I just wanted to kind of facilitate find, the connections, find the deals and negotiate to it for the investors. Okay. Right. And of course I needed support. So I wanted like maybe three, four agents under, under me that could support me that I could, that I could support them. But I, I was never in the business of, of, of recruiting agents. And that changed about two years ago.
1: Okay. So first three years, you were kind of sticking with that. And then you start to kind of bring on agents. What was bringing on the first agent like? And what made you decide that you eventually wanted to do that?
0: So I'm going to back up a little bit. What happened was is that the market changed. The market was going up. So. Mm-hmm. My intention of, of just focusing on finding investment properties to outsource to these investors was getting hard. Because okay. it was it was like finding a needle in a haystack. Gotcha. The market's going up, and now price point points are going higher, and I sell real estate. That's what I do. So I started doing more of the retail stuff. So if you want to buy a house to live, um, mm-hmm. I'll. I'll Yes, I can help you. Gotcha. So because of the market changed, um, I
1: you kind of pivoted into right. more of the retail, right? Because
0: you know, again, I'm, I'm I'm a business owner. It's only me. Um, I I need to make a I need to make a living. Exactly. Right? So I I had to adjust. I had mm-hmm. to adjust. Um, and then I had a real estate coach. This was about two years two years ago, three years ago. Um, unfortunately, he passed away because of COVID. Oh, man. Yeah, sucks. And he was a big um, corporate, like a big, big box broker type of guy, cobalt banker. He he was re- He was very successful. And I hired him not because I didn't want to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be coached by someone that had been there, done that, and knows what to do.
1: And if you look back to previously in your career when you had that first mentor that you mentioned that you still have the relationship, that worked out really well for you when you we able to find someone who is doing really well and learn for from them.
0: Right, I'm a, I'm a big believer in that. I I, I like to surround myself but by, by people that know more than me. Uh, I like to learn from them. So and and if I don't have a friend like that, I'll go and hire one like I did with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His name was Robert Gress. Yeah, and um, he told me he said, "Would you wouldn't you consider uh, hiring agents?" You know. Um, it's, it's a business model that you can look into it and it brings you passive income.
1: Mm-hmm. It's essentially like you bring them under your management and you provide the infrastructure for them to be able to broker deals through. But as part of that, you're getting some of the, the,
0: the income the commission, from commission. Right. So it's, okay. it's, it's passive income. Yeah. So uh, I was very reluctant about it. And then I said, why not? I still want to find deals. I'm, I'm still out there. I'm a non-compete broker, but I'm still out there. I have clients. I represent. But why not? Why not recruit agents? So um, it's, it's happened um, organically. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm advertising myself for that. Like people, maybe that I went to high school with, like out of Miami. I have four agents in Miami. Oh wow! Okay. Of, of which, of which, um, one of them is someone that I went to high school with. The that's one, cool. The other one is my college friend. The other one is my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and the fourth one is one of my best friend's husband. That's awesome. So that's what I'm saying. It's happened organically and 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 it's working. You know, if I want to push it to, another, to to the next level, then that would be different. I have to do something else. That
1: would involve kind of seeking out yeah. the agents. But Recruiting. so far, it's just kind of been like naturally coming across people that you thought could be well served, kind of working under the... Under what you've built,
0: right? And here's another piece of advice: it's it's opening your mouth. You know, like I, I meet someone and I I, I ask them, I, "You, you want to get your real estate license? Mm-hmm. I can sponsor you because there's there's so many ways to make money with a real estate license that yeah. that people don't realize that." And um, I just I just I always ask for business or I always try to organically to recruit someone because you never know.
1: Exactly, you never know if that's the right opportunity for someone. Right. Well, that's awesome. What were what were some of the? Because you mentioned that you were hesitant for a while. What were some of the major concerns that you had about starting to bring agents on before you ever did bring one on?
0: Honestly, I didn't want to babysit anyone.
1: Makes <laughs> a lot of sense. You wanted to just charge full ahead and just yeah. do what you were doing and make it work.
0: Yes, and of, and of course, you know, there's there's a big liability because the broker is is responsible for something. So if an agent does. You know,
1: like any kind of shady practices or anything like yeah, that. I'm
0: I'm the one that's responsible. Yeah. So that's why I'm also very uh, selective with with my team. Yeah. Um. You know, I ideally would love to just continue recruiting people that have you know h- high moral values, uh, high ethics. You know, um, integrity. Um, they need to be go getters because mm-hmm. this is a business that you have to you have to go-getter. have really tough skin for sure.
1: Absolutely. Would you definitely had some formative experiences that I think seemed like shaped you for that and really prepared you for that. So how much mentorship are you doing with each of those agents? Is that, is that fairly hands off or did it end up being that you do have to kind of manage those relationships? pretty heavily. So
0: it depends. Um a year and a half ago is when, is, is when I recruited the most. Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit more involving because I I, I you know I, I wanted to give them my best. And really what they get by by joining me is my 16 years of experience.
1: Exactly. So
0: I had to put up classes, but now it's more like on a one one basis. So I always tell them listen, if 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 you want my coaching, if you want me to be your mentor you tell me what you want, and I'll give you the time. But I'm not going to go out of my way if someone is not it's not fully committed. So
1: because you've still got a business to I run, so, yeah,
0: you still have a business to run. Yeah.
1: So do you? So I guess you kind of just take that as it comes, like as people need it. Um, what is your? I guess just your day to day like now that we're kind of caught up to um, to current day and what you're doing now. What is your your day to day look like on a regular week for you?
0: I open my eyes, and the first thing on my on my well, not the first thing, the third thing on my mind is real estate. Mm-hmm. I I I don't stop. I sometimes I want to change my habits because I've I've created bad habits, but I, I pretty much start working right away. You know, it's kind
1: of what being a business owner is. I
0: do, yeah. But I also want to get to the point where the business is running, you know, without me. But yes, I I it, I'm I'm working. F- f-
1: Dreaming about houses, probably too. I, I
0: wake up, yes, of, of, of ways of, of uh, prospecting, of of, of marketing. Um, you know, I have days that I allocate to just meet with with the team to talk to them, to coach them, to see what they're going through, and then I have th- the times where I'm thinking of my clients that what what are their needs? They want to sell their house, or they they want to um, buy, and, and I try to you know find them properties. I also have another day during the week that I'll just relationship building, networking, because being networking with other brokers or realtors is not competition. We need each other, right? And
1: there's cross-selling opportunities, right? right?
0: Yes. So that's also um, part of my my weekly weekly schedule.
1: Well, it's a lot of different pieces to keep track of, but do you think part of that is a, a big reason why you enjoy it? Do you like having a lot of different things going on like simultaneously with your work?
0: I do. I I love real estate. I believe in real estate. And I remember, remember I started my career thinking that I was going to become, you didn't tell you this part, I was in banking. Like when I was in high school, my first job was being a teller. So I really thought that at some point I was going to become Bank of America's next CEO, right? Yeah. So um, I really thought that that's how I was going to go. But then... When I said, okay, 9-11 happened, what are you going to do? And I couldn't find a job. And I said, okay, if you're going to be a salesperson, you have to sell something you love and that you believe in. And when this opportunity came along, um, I just, that's what, that's why I decided to go for real estate.
1: It was just the right opportunity, it's, right, it Tom? Was, I,
0: I, I love selling real estate. I believe in real estate. I believe that real estate always works out at the end. Mm-hmm. Real estate was meant to be, you know, uh, for uh, long term acquisitions and for short term acquisitions. So, yeah, I love the business.
1: Do you think you just kind of knew that intuitively, or did you kind of pay attention to real estate a little bit before you ended up actually working in
0: no. in it? No, not at all. Because remember, I landed by chance because someone mm-hmm. told me if you get your real estate license in a month, I'll take you to Orlando to work for a project. But I had I had told myself that if I was going to sell anything was going to be real estate.
1: Gotcha. Okay, so it was kind of in the back of your mind. And then once that opportunity came along, it was, you know, a great opportunity at the right time went from there.
0: Yes. And that's why I think your thoughts are so um, important, too, because I knew retail I didn't want to do forever. I did it because of of the circumstances at that time. But I I knew I wanted to change. And I think that when you start manifesting those types of things one way or the other, they come to you.
1: I love that. I love that. I believe in that too. Just like the power of really speaking things, thinking things that you want to happen. I think, I think it naturally kind of points you in that direction and naturally gets you moving and doing the right things to put yourself in that position. Right. I love that. Yes. So kind of getting back to, there's a couple things that you said when you were kind of describing your day to day that um, I wanted to touch into a little bit. One is kind of the marketing thing. I'm curious, like what some of the successes that you've had with marketing are and and why you think those were successful, like with just marketing your company and your brand.
0: I wish I had like something really sophisticated to tell you, but I don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just kind of trying a lot I, of stuff?
0: I, I don't know. Mine, it's mm-hmm. it's very simple. It's, it's all about building relationships with me. Um, I'm great at follow-up. I'm great at building relationships and that's what I do. You know, yeah. you, you do it in, in many ways through a CRM system or through texting or through um, like w- when, for example, someone has, who has purchased a home from me, is, is their one year anniversary of moving into the home, I send out cards with gift cards. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so it's all very personal. My, mm-hmm. All my marketing efforts are very, very personal. I do need to up the marketing to be a little bit more sophisticated, I do. But, um, it's, it's all very, very personal. So it's
1: very it, referral it, based word of mouth.
0: It's, and it's, it's very, uh, intentional. Mm-hmm. Like I touch people in a very intentional way. Again, a greeting card, you know, with, with a gift card or a text that maybe says, oh, I just saw this recipe and I know you love, you know, baking f- fish, you know,
1: connecting with people on more than just the real estate thing.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: that's awesome yes. I think that's that, important that's how I do it and it's such an important relationship I went through a pretty major real estate transaction not too long ago and it's such an intense important relationship while you are facilitating that deal that I think that's really important connecting on other things and really making it a, a strong relationship because it could be a stressful time for people
0: yes and I, I, and it doesn't matter what age you, you're at I I just finished a transaction with this um, couple that they're in their late seventies, and I was selling their big home. They downsized to a smaller home in Leesburg. They're in their late seventies. Yeah, and and even though uh, the husband is extremely, extremely smart and and very on it, um, it's still very, very stressful. You know, it's a
1: difficult market to navigate if you don't know it and well.
0: transition right. And and he was. He was a referral. Well, let me tell you what happened. Not, o- not only did he give me the listing for the big house, and then we bought the one that they uh, downsized, and then he ended up having all this land to sell.
1: Oh, wow. So
0: see, relationships you never know.
1: Like land outside of just the house, yeah. kind of separate? Uh, wow. Other
0: like vacant lots, and now I'm, I'm doing that for him. So one person brought me all this business, you know, all because I gained their trust. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it was, trust, and he he liked me, you know, and and he trusted me overall.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really what it is, right? With something that serious, people want someone that they know is going to be in their corner and have their best interest. So building that trust, right, making it a strong relationship is key. Another thing that you had mentioned before is just you know all the follow up that you do. You follow up really well and really keep track of a lot of different relationships. I'm curious what some of your strategies are for being able to keep up with that follow up and maybe some of the tools that you use, things like CRMs or, or different platforms that help you with all of that follow up.
0: Yeah, CRM is, is a great, great invention, you know, um, because the name of the game is to be organized and um, disciplined in your follow up. And that's what a CRM does for you. You know, they, it puts everything in one place and it reminds you, alerts you of when it's someone's anniversary or birthday or sends an automatic email or, or a text.
1: And you can kind of customize it to the type of follow-up that you like to do because you mentioned you like to make it very personalized. You like to remember birthdays, anniversaries, and you can program that into whatever CRM you decide to use.
0: That is correct. And especially when, you know, you're, you're, in, you're in such a competitive active market to have a tool out there that will remind you oh you were supposed to follow up with this person today because here's the thing consumers people clients they like you but if you're not there there's a there's a, a big chance that they're gonna forget that you exist
1: yeah and i mean when it's something that serious and it's
0: time sensitive you know very it's really time sensitive you know you could meet someone tomorrow and that person oh yes i have this house and then you you've been working with them for six months so it's very important to have a platform that can help you stay organized. So I've used in the past Salesforce. Um, I love right now um, the the KV Core, but it's I believe that's only for real estate.
1: Yeah, we had talked about that a little bit off air. That's kind of a real estate specific CRM.
0: Yes, but it's great because it even like helps you with your social media if you don't have like a marketing, um, you know, department. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's, it's just it's great, great. It's a great platform for sure. I'm also using Monday.com, um, but that's more, it's not as, int- or maybe the, the the one that I'm using is not as integrated and sophisticated as KV Core, but again, it, it helps you stay organized.
1: Yeah, that's the name I, of the which game. I
0: think it's, it's very important, you know.
1: And there's so many out there and so many good ones. I feel like finding one that works well for you. I like the note about, KB Core being real estate specific, I feel like if you can find one that is specific to the industry you work in, that's huge. That's very key.
0: Right. And you know what's another good thing, too, that I've been using lately is um, the the QR codes apps. Mm-hmm. You know, you... Like the one we, I think like, when like I first met you, we that, talked that about the one this. You have you know that immediately gets the person's information and that goes into your into your database. That's that's yeah. Amazing.
1: What's the one you use again? I think we had two different ones. Yeah,
0: I use hi, h i, hi hello. Hi hello, okay. Hi hello, and it's great because you know. You know, the minute someone scan, scans your your QR code, it goes to your database right away.
1: Mm-hmm. And you can save their contact. I, mean, I remember when I'd scanned yours; it basically right. just saved your contact with all your phone numbers, your emails, your website, your picture, everything.
0: To me, that's fantastic because how many times you give out a, a, a business card and you and you never you don't never hear back from that person?
1: It's so easy to just like misplace it or lose it or forget about it. But if you if you know that the number got saved and you it, someone thinks of you again, all of a sudden they're like, they have this this real estate interest or uh, they need to sell a house or buy a house. All of a sudden they remember, oh, I'd saved her number two months ago. It's got to still be in my phone. And they look it up and it's right there. Right. And it's easy to find. It's
0: great. Yeah. Absolutely. I love technology. Makes it's, your life easier.
1: It really does. Any other things that come to mind and just the way of staying organized? Any, any things that help you personally?
0: My Outlook calendar, too, is a big one Um, on my phone as well. I mean, again, it's just finding ways, your own system that's going to help you be on top of it. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So another note that I had that I wanted to talk about is when I first met you, you had just brought on a new agent. Uh, Her name is Mary, and she was your newest agent at the time. I think you told me you recently just got another agent. But um, I would like to talk about the story of how you met her and ended up bringing her on because I think it really well illustrates just how organically this process usually happens for you.
0: Right. So I was driving home and I see this girl outside of her car panicking because her th- there was smoke coming out of her engine. Oh, wow. So um, it was nine o'clock or it was, it was nighttime. Mm -hmm. So I stopped and I said, do you need help? And she looked at me with a scary face, (laughs) like, I don't have to say yes or no. (laughs) (laughs) So she said, yes. So I pulled over, she got into my car, you know, we, 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 we called, um, the towing service and I started talking to her and it ends up that she was in timeshare, by the way, she had a real estate license, but she was working timeshare and, you know, I, I was there to help her. I waited until someone came to get her And then, then, because we were waiting, I started sharing with her the many ways you can make money by having a real estate license. Mm -hmm. She was actually already doing one of them, which is selling timeshare, right? And I said, well, if you change your mind and you want to get into general real estate, here's my card. Again, I opened my mouth. Call me. And she gave me her number, too. So I saved her number on my phone. And in the title section, I wrote, MEP's Future Agent. I love that. She has no idea, <laughs> but that's exactly what, what I wrote, MEP's Future Agent. and Because um,
1: the wheels were turned for you. You were like, hmm, <laughs> she's got the license already, right. but she's doing timeshares. I could probably set her up with something a lot better.
0: For sure. And by the way, I think whoever does timeshare, I admire them. I cannot do it. By the way, when the market crashed, I attempted to do timeshare out oh, of survival. Really? Mm-hmm. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't. But for those who can, I think it's a great, uh, training, sales training, Mm -hmm. psychology, you know, it's, it's great. So I, I like the fact that she was selling timeshare long story short, she called me three months after and, and now she's, she's one of my agents. I'm very proud of having her in my team. She's very dedicated, very committed, very professional. And, I'm, I I believe the future is going to look bright for her.
1: That's awesome. It's just, I think the, the moral of the story there is that it can happen, during you know anything, it can happen with something as simple as just helping someone out on the side of the road when they look like they need someone to help out, and you know just being the brand, talking about what you do always, and just putting it out there because you never know when someone that you just meet out of nowhere has a real estate license and might be looking in a few months for some new opportunity.
0: Building relationships all the time, even even at nine o'clock in the morning, uh, at night.
1: At night, yeah, just. <laughs> Nine o'clock at night, you were probably on your way home, like ready to (laughs) settle down for the day. And little did you know you were making a connection that was going to be someone on your team in a couple months.
0: That I'm going to help her make money and she's going to help me make money.
1: Great mutual beneficial relationship there. I love that. Yes. Another thing I really wanted to touch on that I think will kind of give us some more just context about what's kept you in real estate all the years you've been in it is You wanted to explain why it is that you believe in real estate.
0: So what's what's kept me in real estate is that I I love real estate. And again, if I was going to sell anything, it was going to be real estate. Right. Um, Where do
1: you think that love comes from?
0: I'll give you a simple example. My mom, she immigrated to this country, like I mentioned, when I was eight, she immigrated she had the blessing to come across this uh, job of, of selling window treatments that allowed her to do that and be at home while I was growing up. And my aunt pretty much told her, here's $10,000. I'm going to put it as a down payment to buy a house. And my mom was freaking out like, no way. Like, mm-hmm. like I can't. Yeah. And and she did. She still lives there. And here we are 30 years Later, and she has built equity, even though the market crashing. Mm-hmm. She even refinanced the house once. Um, so it, it I, one of the reasons is because I believe it's a wealth builder.
1: Yeah, that's huge. that's huge. I feel like that's probably the number one thing, right? Like it's, that's the biggest draw for someone getting into a home as like a first time home buyer is if you're renting all of your life, you're, the money's you're, gone you're, as soon you're as you pay it.
0: your money in the trash. Yes. There's some, um, upkeep, some maintenance that things that come up, but might as well go through that, that, that little struggle if, if you don't, you know, fixing whatever you need to fix. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a great wealth builder Yeah, um, in my opinion. So.
1: Especially if you can get into the investing side of it, that's something I think would be interesting to touch on too. What are, what are maybe some of your favorite real estate investing strategies that you've come across or tried yourself or that maybe some clients have done that, that you've helped with?
0: So I've been a little, (laughs) I've done a little bit of everything, you know, from, from when the market crashed that, you know, it was a distressed market, stabilizing the houses, um, renting them, um, For you know, so investors can get a certain return, you know, or cash flow. Um, I also done the flipping side of it. You know, I've 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 uh, with other investors that I partner up. I've acquired homes, we have renovated them, um, and flipped them. So it really depends what market you're in. Mm -hmm. You know what way what kind of
1: experience you, what, you have. what
0: way you're gonna you're gonna go. You know it it really depends on that, and everyone has different investment goals, mm-hmm. right? The institutional investor has a different investment goal f- from from the mom and pop investor, right? Um, so it 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 really depends. I think it's great to to buy in areas that are not fully developed yet.
1: Th- that makes a lot of sense, and if
0: you can. You know, go through the little pains of it until it it gets going. Then it's 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 fantastic because there's a big chance that you're gonna get the the extra bonus of appreciation, mm-hmm. right? So um that's that's one of them. I also like the f- you know I believe that each market has its opportunities. And if you're going to be uh, acquiring property to f- as cash flow, you know, like the R and B's, you know, that's that's a great way to make money. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's cash flow, right? Exactly. Um, that's another ball game because you know the secret is is, is in the management, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but that's a great source of 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 of, of, of having um, a passive income.
1: Yeah, that's something we've talked about a little bit. I told you when I first met you that was something I was potentially interested in trying out. Have you had? Any clients that have that you've helped find a property that they do rent out on Airbnb and that have had success with that, or do you do you have any examples that come to mind immediately of like success stories of that?
0: Um, yes, the answer is yes. I I do have clients. I've I, get, I sell real estate um, not only in Central Florida but in Tampa. So you know along Sandpitt Beach, I've 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 sold th- those vacation homes and it's great in some cases it doubles your cash flow like if you were to compare it to just renting a long term versus you know renting it short term almost almost doubles right yeah. obviously it depends on the property depends on the location but that's that, that, that's another uh, subject um, and what I've noticed too is the management of it mm-hmm. so obviously if you have the right management team in place, then it could be really lucrative. But if you have someone that's not, and it's gonna take, it's gonna take all of your cash flow away. And if you're in a position where you could do it yourself, um, then I think
1: then you don't you, have to have any cash flow you, taken you away. Right? Yes. What are some tips maybe that you have for someone who? This is a very selfish question because this is exactly like the situation I'm looking into. But some or some tips that you would have for someone who is potentially looking to go the route of having a management company, things that they should be looking for in a potential management company if they want a good one.
0: I think, you know, the reviews, as simple yeah. as, 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 as as reading the reviews, um, asking them questions like, okay, on a yearly basis, what is the average um, repair cost that, that you're, you know, that, that the owners are incurring, you know, mm-hmm. um, also, uh, what is their presence online too, you yeah. know, um, another way to, to, to rent these properties short term is to nurses. Oh, uh, like traveling nurses? Traveling nurses. And there's a website that it's maybe less to work than Airbnb. Okay. And you just you just do it that way. So there's mm. there's many ways. But going back to your question, I just think make that, a quick note of that. Um <laughs> don't worry, I'm around the corner. You could come yeah. and get me.
1: <laughs> yeah, we haven't even mentioned that yet. I met you because I moved into the studio and we got an office across for my other business and we're office neighbors. We are. It's awesome, yes, yeah. It is so we get to talk all the time. I walk in there and annoy you like oh, I once every no. day.
0: <laughs> I'm glad I have neighbors.
1: It is nice. Cause, good neighbors. Yes, absolutely. And it's it seems like it's filling out a little bit more. I think someone else moved in recently too. It's
0: it's yes. cool how that's happening. Yeah, that's a great way to rent the properties short term. I would have
1: never thought of it's that, stable. but that's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's great.
1: And they're traveling all the time. I mean, I, I know a couple time. of them. It's a great gig though.
0: It's a great gig. And, you know, because it's... It's, it's a profession that is is, is needed is high demand.
1: Very much so.
0: Yeah, so yeah, that's a that's a little tip I just gave you for free.
1: Thank you so much. <laughs> Perks of having a great office neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to give you some tips for on anything that you need as well.
0: <laughs> Thank you.
1: So um, I'd like to focus on the Orlando market a little bit specifically because that's that's where I live now. That's where you live. It's where I think you do the primary amount of your business. You mentioned you do some in a, a couple other cities as well. But what is your take on the Orlando market as it compares to the rest of Florida?
0: I think Florida as a whole, I mean, everyone's migrating here. We have no state income tax, mm-hmm. you know, which, which is big savings for, for a lot of people. Besides that, compared to other states, price for uh, home insurance is lower.
1: Yeah.
0: Property taxes are lower. I just have someone relocating from Chicago and she's like, when she saw the, she's buying a $700,000 house and she saw the the, the property tax, she's like, that's it. And it was still a big chunk of money. And she's like, that's it. Yeah. So, um, property taxes are lower.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of people coming from Northern States that are probably getting into way bigger, way nicer houses than they thought they would be able to get into.
0: Yes. So, I believe Florida is is not slowing down at all. Yeah. At all, um, Central Florida specifically. I mean, 900 people are moving here a day. That's insane. It's I insane. Didn't know.
1: Just Orlando, Central Florida as a whole.
0: Right. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, so there's there's so much growth. I mean, I came here 16 years ago, and the market crashed between that, and I've seen this this city just evolved and, and bloom like the amount of new construction we have you know I always compared a lot to Miami because I was raised in Miami and, and after Columbia that's the only pl- place where I live mm-hmm. that I have lived
1: aside from Orlando of right. course so
0: yeah. Orlando now there's all these suburbs that are coming up mm-hmm. and people don't realize that Thirty minutes out, it's not that far. Yeah. Even forty-five minutes out, it's not that far. Because I remember when I was growing up in Miami and all these suburbs started happening that people will say, Oh, wow, Weston is so far. It's not. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the beauty about being here in 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 Orlando. It's just metro. growing so fast. Yes. That there's that there's so much opportunity. There's so much there's so much growth, and there's growth and the price po- points are they're not cheap because nothing's cheap now, but they're not as high as other cities in Florida. Yeah. And again, your monthly costs are lower because property taxes are less here. Um, your insurance is less because we're in the center of the state.
1: Oh, I didn't realize versus
0: that. Versus South Florida, where if a hurricane comes, uh, because, you know, hurricanes need water to, to get strong. Of course. So if so you're right by, on the by beach. That, I mean, I'm not, anything can happen. I'm not yeah. saying, you know, we are in Florida. But. All of that, you know, like.
1: I didn't realize that would bring down the tax like, or the insurance rates, but like, that makes a lot of sense.
0: My mom's insurance in South Florida and she lives in a suburb is like $4,000 a year. That same wow. that same place here, the insurance will be like $1,500 a year.
1: Wow. That's major. Major. Wow. Major. Yes. And that ultimately just detracts from the bottom line. I mean, you're right. building more value if you're paying less every year.
0: Right. So, yeah, yeah, Orlando, um, again, we have uh, Seminole County has great schools, so if you have a family Mm -hmm. and you want good schools, I mean, top-notch, so... It depends where your lifestyle is. I personally, I'm I'm an urban girl, and I, I live in the in the center of the city. But that's just yeah. my that's what's important. To that's me, what I'm about to you know. And even though Orlando is not like a big city, but if you want it to have a little bit of that feeling, then you you could you could get it. So
1: there's a lot of places, individual little places in Orlando where you can find that too, which I think is super cool. Like I'm right in the middle of downtown, right across from the courthouse. That's where I live. But and there's a whole obviously a very strong urban area around that. But then I think you mentioned you're near Baldwin Park.
0: I live in Baldwin Park. Yeah,
1: you're in Baldwin Park. That's a whole nother kind of urban center of its own with a lot of stuff surrounding it. There's stuff along Mills. There's stuff in Winter Park. There's stuff in Ivanhoe. There's all these different little metro areas kind of right outside of downtown that I think are really cool.
0: Yeah. And they all have their own little character, which is which is great.
1: What's your favorite part about Baldwin Park?
0: I okay. So a lot of people hate it or love it.
1: I think it's really cool.
0: I love it because it's so convenient, and I and I love the cookie cutter uh, concept. You mm-hmm. know, because it's a plant community. Yeah. Um, it used to be an old uh, army base.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Right,
0: and about I want to say twenty five years ago, it got converted into this into this planned community. So it's it's almost like living in a town. Within the city, mm-hmm. so you have your own town center, you have your own grocery store, um, so restaurants, retail. There's a lake that I love. That's like my my therapy. I go I go around the lake. All is the that time. the one
1: that has that little dog park, Natasha? Like, yes, I yes. take my dog there sometimes. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So I,
0: I I love the lifestyle. I love the, I love the the lakes. I love how manicure it is, and I love how I could just walk. You know to grab a bite or to the grocery store. It's that's, very convenient.
1: That's another really cool thing, right? There's that strip with, like, the, the CVS and the Gators that's, like,
0: Near right
1: there in, like, yeah. the middle of the community kind of, and you can walk there from pretty much any part of it pretty quick, get to really anything that you need.
0: And when I first moved there um, 13 years ago, or 14 almost, it was mostly families. Mm-hmm. But now it's grown so much more than now. It's a mixture of everything. There's a lot of singles.
1: It's a lot of young professionals. There's a lot of people
0: going through transition. There's a lot of families, you know, with the kids and the dogs. So it's, it's great because it's, it's mixed. It's it's a little bit of everything, which I, I really enjoy that. A little too. bit of
1: something for everyone, yeah. Yes. That's yeah. awesome. And exactly. you get a very eclectic mix of people that yes. way, which and your business is really awesome. I'm sure you come across people all the time that end up being, you know, somewhat, somehow a good lead for something or yeah, people in all kinds of different life stages. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine to keep you there for thirteen years, it's it's gotta be it's gotta have a really good draw to it. Every time I've been there, I, I, it's been a great experience. I know people that have lived there and stuff.
0: Yeah, like if my lifestyle my lifestyle changes, maybe I'll move somewhere else. But every time I, I think of moving, just like for a change, I'm like, no, why? I love it. Yeah,
1: and you do get that kind of urban feel, but you also feel like you're in the suburbs a little bit because it's like that little small town feel. True. But literally. Five, 10 minutes around the corner, you're right away from downtown. Yeah. It's pretty neat that way.
0: Yes. For That's sure. awesome.
1: And you're close to the office. Very uh, short yes, commute.
0: I'm all about simplicity and, you know, I have created my life to to have a, a, a simple lifestyle. You know, it, life is too short to be stuck in traffic or running or, you know.
1: I agree with that 100%. That's why. You I'd, do it
0: if you have to do it. I mm-hmm. mean, I do it all the time. I'm always, I go to Tampa, I come back. But for the majority of my days during the month, you know, I want to make my life as as convenient as possible.
1: Absolutely. I love that. So we kind of talked about the Orlando market, obviously. You also sell in Tampa and, or, and Miami, you mentioned. South Florida. A lot of South Florida in addition to Central Florida. How do you think South Florida compares to Central Florida with what's going on in the real
0: estate market? They're all booming in different ways. Um, I mean, they're, in my opinion, they're, they're my South Florida or Miami versus Orlando is two different worlds. Mm-hmm. Tampa, to me, is a happy meeting between Orlando and Tampa. It's not Miami. It's not Orlando. It's, it has a little bit of both, mm-hmm. right? Um, both markets are very competitive. Um, I think here in Orlando, you could get much more for, for your money than, than down in South Florida. Yeah. And also, um, in terms of doing business in South Florida, it's a little bit more, more, uh, challenging Mm -hmm. because people have different ways of, 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 doing things. Um, I think they're all great markets for different reasons. I think it all depends on your investment goal or, or the type of lifestyle you want to have and your budget. Yeah. It really absolutely. comes comes down to budget. You and what you're
1: looking to get out of that budget. Right. How far do you expect it right. to go? But
0: they're, they're both great markets. I mean, Miami is fantastic. I, I left there 16 years ago and I just went a month. I go all the time, but mm-hmm. I just like went and actually like experienced Miami, not like, not like family. And I'm like, wow, look at that city. I mean, it's the next Manhattan. Yeah. So I, I don't think you could compare it to Orlando at all.
1: <laughs> it's a much different kind <laughs> of place. It's, it's
0: just, it's, 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 it's Miami is the next Manhattan and Orlando is the next Las Vegas.
1: Ooh, that's, really, that's an interesting take. I like that. That's
0: really what it is. It is. I yeah. Mean, the amount of hotel rooms we have here, the amount of visitors, con- I mean.
1: The hospitality it, capital yes, of the Southeast so for sure.
0: So th- that's, that's it. Orlando is the new Las Vegas and Miami is the new Manhattan
1: that might be a, a little sound bite there. <laughs> <laughs> Orlando is the next Las Vegas. I know a lot of people that will like that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So I, I think it's very cool that you're able to be involved in those different markets and just really have like a holistic picture of what's going on in the Florida market. And that kind of segues into my next point, which is I'm curious about, you know, Expanding out from just Florida, what your kind of opinion on the the real estate market at large is right now, like across the whole United States and where we're at with that?
0: Well, it's cooling down. Mm-hmm. The market is cooling down uh, for, in my opinion, for several reasons, which I don't think it's bad. I think it's it's good because um it was out of control. yeah, and anything that's out of control, it's 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 not good. Um, so I'm glad it's cooling down. As we know, the interest rates have gone up. And um, I also think that because it was such an aggressive market, like three months ago, people were putting bids on property and, and bidding thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 on top of list price. So now this, this new wave of listings that have come out they have been priced with that mentality. Oh well, they're bidding thirty, forty thousand dollars on top. Let me list it like that. Guess what? It's not working.
1: Right. Because
0: interest rates went up. Now they're they have pushed the market. So now we follow um, price reductions on a daily basis, and the amount of price reductions that are happening on a daily basis are are alarming. So that's why that's that's why I have that opinion of that. We as listing agents, we got extremely aggressive, and it's cooling down because now they're realizing, okay, I, I can I, I, I can't list the property like like if someone already bid forty thousand dollars on top. So, so that's why it's cooling down, in my opinion.
1: So you mentioned that you think. You felt like it was a little bit out of control. I would definitely agree, you know, just as like a layman, not knowing that much about the industry, just from like everything I heard kind of secondhand, I would agree with that assessment that it seemed like it was really out of control. I'm curious, like how you think it got out of control? Like what was responsible for that? Uh, What are some of the things that were responsible for that? And then I'm also curious about the reasons why you say you think it's a good thing that it's cooling down.
0: So it was demand, mm-hmm. uh, migration, low interest rates. I mean, for you to buy a piece of real estate for three percent or less, I mean, it's it's. I don't mean this funny, but it's free money. You know, yeah. if you're able to get a loan with at, at that interest rate, it's 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 free money. So yes, the market is cooling off. There's been a um, a lot of demand, um, and you know, demand also because. Twelve years ago, people lost their homes, or ten years ago, and now they're back on their feet. Credit is there, and then you have all these cash buyers um, that were are migrating to Florida, so that created a, a lot of demand, a lot of demand, um, and that's why prices went up.
1: Like the prices just started skyrocketing, like way faster yeah. than was sustainable. And there then-
0: was demand, you know, and low inventory. So if there's no supply. There's demand that increases prices, right? Exactly. Um, a healthy uh, real estate ma- market has six months of inventory. We've had one month of inventory. Wow! Uh, there was no inventory, high demand. Uh, people wanted to buy either because they had cash or low interest rates. So that that created, you know, the market the market we have now.
1: So another thing I'm curious about, kind of. Um, getting into my other question is mentioned that it is cooling off, but you think that's a good thing. What are some reasons that you say that just kind of because it was out of control, obviously, but right. what and do you see as like the eventuality of that cool off?
0: It's going to, it's going to be a different market. It's going to bring other opportunities. Um, uh, there's a lot of buyers out there that haven't bought cause they, they, they couldn't now, you know, now it's, here's the thing. Either you buy low or lower with a higher interest rate or you buy, um, you know, with a low interest rate at a higher price, it's one way or the other, you're, you're going to pay for it unless you have cash. Right? You, just,
1: you don't want to buy high with a high interest rate. Right. That's where you can really get in trouble.
0: And what, what people don't realize is that we still have it really good. Is Since the 80s, um, interest rates have not been in double digits. They have yeah. not. People don't realize that, and now there there's people are concerned that interest rates are going up. But no, it's still a great time to sell.
1: Mm-hmm. It's still
0: a seller's market. It's still a good time to buy, even even if the interest rate is six and a half percent. Because
1: historically speaking, that's still really low. Right,
0: and and the days of of double digit interest rates will come back you think so i do think so it's not going to be tomorrow it's going to take it's going to take a few it's going to take time
1: you think it'll be kind of a steady climb from that six and a half percent that we've seen it come up from from all the way to three yeah pretty all re- all pretty of, fast all of
0: a sudden it, it went pretty fast mm-hmm. yes but i think to to hit the double digits it's going to take it's not going to be as fast it's going to take it a little bit longer mm-hmm. so i every time you know people tell me should i buy now that the interest rates are so high i'm like you, they're not that high. Yeah. Of course, anything below 3% is better. Of course. But still- it's But I mean, that's
1: like astronomically low.
0: Right. And there's other countries that interest rates are 19%, 13%. You know, it's wow. like we don't realize still how, how how good we have it here.
1: So it's still a good time to buy. still a good time to sell. Uh, yes. Any other tips you have for-, for um, We could do- Tips for buyers and tips for sellers. Let's start with buyers. What are some tips you have for buyers? Maybe for first time home buyers?
0: Don't be afraid of the green wall.
1: <laughs> what does that mean?
0: So if you go to a house and it has a green wall, literally,
1: Oh. Just,
0: just know that um, that's something that you can fix. You know, paint is a great thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just have to, I always tell my buyers, when you go in the house, you know, you feel it. you know you know when it's the house, even if it has a green wall. So just, just, just follow that. Don't, don't get in a desperate situation. If it doesn't feel right, don't go for it. You'll know when, when, when it's the right house. And I also al- always tell my buyers that, especially in this market, you have to fall in love with at least three houses because the odds of you getting one are higher.
1: Yeah. You can't just fall in love with one and expect that you're definitely going to get one. No,
0: no, you're, you're going to yeah. be really disappointed.
1: Yeah, I mean, in this market, there's houses that are selling the day they're listed, so right. it's, it's tough.
0: Right, it is, it is. So it's a lot of, so to me, those are like the two um, biggest um, advice I could give buyers. Don't be afraid of the green wall and fall in love with at least three houses.
1: I like that. How about some tips for sellers?
0: sellers. sellers. It's a
1: good time to be a seller. Yeah, but.
0: Such a, I, I wish I had all the listings in Central Florida because it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's wonderful. Um, it's wonderful. In this market, sellers, you know, um, for sellers, I will say that they should just make sure that all of the mechanicals um, are updated in good condition. And if they're not, Uh, It's important to disclose it that way you could, you know, the, the realtor can set the right expectations to, to the buyers. Um, And
1: you don't want it to come up a little bit later in an inspection and ruin the sale.
0: Right. Right. So being upfront, it's, is, it, it, it doesn't, it's going to save you a lot of, a lot of hardship and a lot of trouble and a lot of cancellations and, and everything else. It happens anyways, you know, not, not every single property that goes under contract, makes it to the closing line. Mm-hmm. But if you are upfront about things and disclose, you're supposed to disclose everything you know about the house, but some sellers don't. Mm-hmm. So it's important that, that they do. And I always say as little as make sure the bets are, are made, that everything's picked up from the floor and, you know, it's a seller's market. So everything sells pretty quick. Like you want to yeah. do uh, marketing, uh, you know, material for homes and you don't have enough time because they go under, under contract. So, so fast.
1: Awesome. And then I have, um, so there's a question I ask everyone at the end of the interview, but I have kind of a, a lead up question into that. The first question I'll ask is for someone who's getting into the industry now, or thinking about getting into the real estate industry in general, what are some tips that you have for that person?
0: If you do not have tough skin and you cannot deal with change, do not get into it
1: yeah because you've had some tough times throughout
0: you don't and if you and if you don't have the ability to be out there building relationships, then you could still get your real estate license. you could go work for a builder mm-hmm. right because they they bring you all the leads.
1: That's true. Mm-hmm. So would you recommend most people start working for a builder? Um, I don't I haven't mentioned this yet, but my mom's in real estate and she worked for a builder for the first. I want to say seven or eight years, um, just recently went out on her own. And she got a lot of really good experience. It was her first time working in it. Oh, that's
0: wonderful. Yeah. Well, one of my associates, she's been in the, uh, she worked for builders for 25 years. Wow. And she's amazing at it. So it's it's great because, again, a lot of sales training. Mm -hmm. She's she's an excellent um, salesperson because of that training she has gotten. Um, I I don't say that I recommend one way or the other I think it depends on your on your personality right um, there's people that don't like to hustle but they still want to sell real estate mm-hmm. so if you want to sell real estate for for a builder then it's easier than being hustling out there you're trying to generate your own business
1: There's just less that you have to do that way yes. I like that and then the question that I ask everyone is if you were to go back in time and talk to Maria Elena as you were about to get into the industry, like just getting into it and tell her just a couple things to do differently, like words of advice for for you specifically as you were getting into it, based on things you've learned being in the industry, What are, what were what are some things that you would tell her?
0: So many things. <laughs> so many things. I'm grateful for the journey. I'm grateful that this is what I chose to do. But if there's one thing I would tell myself is stick to it, it's all going to work out. It all works mm-hmm. out because it all works out at the end. And if this is your passion, I think it's really important to 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 have a passion about what you do. If this is your passion, it's all going to work out. Just stick to it and don't sweat the small stuff.
1: I love that. I love that you have that mindset and you know you've obviously we've talked through the fact that you've seen those those ups and downs of the market. So you have the context now, but I think it's awesome that you had that mindset even going through it before you had all that context because that's what got you here today.
0: Definitely yes. And again, surround yourself by 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 people that know more than you mm-hmm. um, in different industries, not not the same industry. Yeah. Because you could always, I think that's another important advice. Like you you could you could learn from other people.
1: And people in other industries, because there's yes. c- there's carryover and crossover and right. things that can help you in other industries. And
0: business is mi- business, mindset is mindset. You know, um, it really comes comes to your to your mindset. You you do have to work. Th- mm-hmm. Things just don't happen. I always say that you're gonna get out of of, of this car- real estate career or anything. You're gonna. It's what you put into it. Yeah. If you put into, it, you're gonna get back. If you don't put into it, nothing's gonna happen. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Well, anything else that you would like to leave the audience with? Anything well, I, that comes wanna to mind? I want to
0: thank you for inviting me. This I want to thank you for being been here. so much fun.
1: It has. Um,
0: I think that I believe in real estate. Um, fear is never good. I think, you know, different markets bring different opportunities. So whoever wants to buy and own a piece of real estate, they should just go for it. And it doesn't matter if there's high interest rates or low interest rates or high prices or low prices. No, if that's what you want, do it because it's going to work out at the end.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm going to link in the show notes of this episode and um, on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, it'll be in the description. Um, how to find her on Facebook, Instagram, all, the, all your major channels, um, your website and everything. And thank you again so much for being on. This was really awesome. I, I learned a lot and I really think this will be a lot of value for my listeners. Thank you. Absolutely. This has been Profession Session with Brody Vincent. My guest has been Maria Elena Perez of MEP Real Estate Investments. Uh, find all of her information in the details below. We're going to go ahead and sign off. Thanks so much for tuning into Profession Session. I'm your host, Brody Vinson. Stay tuned for new episodes every week and short clips of deep dives into specific topics that I put out on different social media channels. We could be found on YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, all major podcast platforms. You can find my guest in the details of this video or podcast. And if you happen to know a young standout business owner, professional, or entrepreneur that you would think would be a good fit for professional profession session dm me or get in contact with me anywhere and just let me know and they could be the next to tell their story here until next time again this has been profession session stay focused stay hustling and stay networking